Coming up today on the Dr. Linda Mental Show. Handing out the candy door to door, that's very high risk. They're saying do not have those trunk or treat parties in a parking lot with a lot of people and they're just grabbing candy out of the trunks. They're calling that high risk. Going to an indoor haunted house and then going on hay rides with people who are not in your household. The Dr. Linda Mental Show is next. Everyone and welcome to the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. I'm your host, Dr. Linda Mintel, the Relationship Doctor, and I'm here along with my co-host Chris Weigel. And every weekend we're here, we're doing life together. And as always, we're so glad you've joined us. It's hard to believe it, Dr. Linda, but it's that time of year again with the leaves falling and the air getting cooler and uh, things are dead. That's the way I look at fall. That things are dead? <laughs> Fall's not my favorite time of year. I just feel like it's the end of something. I'm not sure well, what. It's the end of summer. It's well, the end true. of my flip-flop wearing, which is where I really get right, <laughs> bummed yes, out. Because exactly. I love wearing flip-flops. But October also means that it's uh, harvest time. Of course, like we said, it's fall. And it also means it's time for Halloween. <laughs> I know. I have to say, this is not my favorite holiday. Mm. We're going to talk about it today because it's been one of those holidays that's been so debated in the church over the years. And it really is another way we can create division, right, Chris? (laughs) Like we need more ways (laughs) to be divided. We can find ways to do that. That's right. I I know. So we do want to talk about it a little bit today. I I just don't like horror films. I don't like all that creepy uh, (laughs) blood and guts and all that kind of thing. I, I feel like I've seen almost enough terror in our culture that I don't need to be watching movies that bring that on, too. You can just turn the evening news on and get enough (laughs) Halloween (laughs) for one year. Do you like, I mean, is this a holiday that you like? It's sort of something we've always just, you know, take it or leave it. As an example, last year, uh, some friends of ours, their neighborhood has tons of kids. Mm -hmm. So sure, the kids dressed up, we went over, they collected about 20 pounds of candy. (laughs) And that's really about all it is. We don't really say a lot about it. I do like the candy part of it. When I was a kid, all I thought about was really that there were costumes mm-hmm. and that we did get to go in our neighborhood and get the candy, which was always exciting as a kid. You know, I grew up in the church, and so I am one of those people who was raised in a in a Christian family. And honestly, we just saw it as a neighborhood event. Mm. We never... We didn't have any kind of creepy stuff associated with that. It really was, in our neighborhood, just something that the neighborhood kids did together with their families. And, you know, you see churches today, they are starting that sort of the fall festival slash Halloween type thing. Mm -hmm. And when I was a kid, that wasn't heard of. We didn't do that. The church really never said anything about Halloween. It just wasn't a part of the church conversation. And in the past decade, it has become a controversial issue in the church. Should you celebrate or should you sit in the dark and not answer your door? I remember those people. Is it a time to witness about evil and good or is it just a a neighborly thing to do? And this year we are in the pandemic. So that adds another element of, uh, you know, what do we do with this holiday? It may make it easier for people to do pretty much nothing because of the (laughs) pandemic. So it may take the pressure off. I think the conversation is good in the church. I do want to say Mm -hmm. that we have had many conversations with our children about 
what does Halloween mean? And we're going to talk a little bit about that in a minute mm-hmm. with the roots of it. Where does it come from? I think it's good for kids to understand what these celebrations are. Even when we're talking about Christmas and right. Easter, they've become so commercialized that, you know, you do want to talk about what is the meaning of a ho- of one of these holidays. And we're going to look a little bit at the roots of, of Halloween. But during this day, it is going to be a lot more difficult this year because of the pandemic. And as we get into the second segment, Chris, we're going to give some of the CDC actual recommendations for what to do with this. But there are a lot of people who see this day as a, a day of full evil, and then other people that think, oh, it's just candy, it's just costumes, it's not a big deal. Halloween has no direct reference in the Bible, but the Bible does talk about evil, and that, of course, is real. Yes, and some people don't think evil is even real in today's culture, which is amazing. But there's no question that pagans will use this night to celebrate evil. Norm and I know this woman from years ago. Norm, when he was producing a television show on one of the networks, he had a woman on who talked about that she actually was a witch. Hmm. And the things that she talked about where she engaged in a lot of evil and had a lot of power in evil was very real. So we're not saying that evil doesn't exist. We're not saying that it doesn't get ramped up on this night. But evil is actually with us all the time. It's not just one night of the year. And so we do have to be aware and be on guard. We can pray against evil and not just be concerned about it for one day of the year. As the show prep became available for this program. I ran in and said to Sharon, I said, we need to talk about what we do for Halloween <laughs> <laughs> you do, yeah. as parents, because I don't think we'd really had that discussion because it was just such a non-event type thing. But we did engage in, hey, as a family with kids, how do we how do we deal with this? And I think in order to decide what you and your family want to do on Halloween, it may help to know the history of this holiday. You have never talked to your kids about how Halloween came about? I don't think we did. Wow. Mm-hmm. And you've got three young children. Did you do it this year then? Not yet. You got <laughs> Wait till the show's over <laughs> and then right. do that, right? Well, Halloween literally means the evening before All Hallows Day, or what we call, I think in more modern times, All Saints Day. Mm. That is celebrated actually on November 1st. Halloween is also the shortened name of All Hallows Evening and All Saints Eve, which is celebrated then on October 31st, which is where we associate the name. The origin and the meaning of Halloween are derived from an ancient... Now, I always ask Norm, is it Celtic or Celtic? If you're in Boston, it's Celtic. It's Celtic, but I think we say Celtics in the... I know, that's what confuses me, right? So originally, it was derived from that ancient Celtic harvest festivals. And it's only been in more recent history that we think of Halloween as a night filled with candy, like we're talking about, and trick-or-treating and pumpkins and all of that. You know, come to think of it, we did. One year, Evie said she wanted to be a witch for Halloween, and we said no. You can can be, you know, a princess or a police officer or something, but no, you're not going to be a witch. So actually, we have had that discussion. Let me ask you this. How did uh, All Hallows' Eve get hijacked? Great question. It's an important one because, as I said, the term Halloween from its beginnings really didn't have anything to do with paganism or evil. Now, some people might debate that Mm -hmm. as they're listening to that, but I was looking all of this up, and as I mentioned that Christian festival, All Hallows' Eve, became our current term for Halloween. It came from the idea of what is hallowed or what is holy. So you know how you, when you pray the Lord's Prayer, Mm. you say, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. I mean, did you ever think about that related to Halloween? Nope. Halloween mean Mm. holy, holy, (laughs) yeah. So in the fourth century, John Chrysostom tells us that the Eastern Church celebrated a festival 
in honor of all saints who died. And in the 7th and 8th century, Christians celebrated that All Saints Day formally. I think the problem is, though, Halloween is now associated with evil spirits, and that's the concern. Well, here's what I found on the web. So here's, I'm going to read this to you. It says, more than a thousand years ago, Christians confronted pagan rites, appeasing the Lord of death and evil spirits. The Druids, in what is now Britain and France, observed the end of summer with sacrifices to the gods. It was the beginning of the Celtic year, and they believed Samhain, the Lord of death, sent evil spirits abroad to attack humans who could escape only by assuming disguises and looking like evil spirits themselves. So the waning of the sun and the approach of dark winter made the evil spirits rejoice and play nasty tricks. There's a lot of imagination involved there, but again, evil is real. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just how people dealt with it that we look at and say, that's awfully bizarre. So that's the dark side associated with Halloween. And yet there is some connection, believe it or not, to Martin Luther and the Reformation as well. You and I go to a church where we talk about that, mm-hmm. and they actually talk about All Saints Day in the church that, that we go to. Yes, and what happened is they celebrated the religious freedoms, one at that time during history, during the Reformation. So we encourage you to look at the history, decide what you want to do about the night, no matter your decision. Remember that Christ triumphs over evil, so we do not have anything to fear. So if you choose to celebrate, you can focus on the Christian significance and teach that history to your children. And this year, though, is is very different in terms of our choices in that they need to be COVID-19 friendly. That's right. And in fact, the CDC put out guidelines to help prevent the spread of the virus, and they want anyone who is participating in Halloween to consider some fun alternatives that pose a low risk. We need to take a short break, but after the break, we will share what the CDC says that are high, moderate, and low-risk Halloween activities. Conflict is a part of every healthy relationship. How you deal with conflict is what will either grow or destroy relationships. Do you avoid? Maybe you become highly emotional and then regret what you said or did. Getting control of our emotions is not always easy, but it is possible. Hi, this is Dr. Linda Mintel, and I wrote the book, We Need to Talk, in order to help all of us deal better with conflict. We Need to Talk, available at bookstores and online where books are sold. Welcome back to the Dr. Linda Mental Show, and today we're talking about what to do with Halloween. We've got a lot more to talk about, but before we move on, I want to remind you to check out Dr. Linda's website, drlindamental.com. That's where you will find her blogs, her books, and you can connect on social media. Her latest book is co-authored with physician James Cribbs. It's called Living Beyond Pain, and it's a book to help anyone deal with chronic pain. And you can listen to the podcast and share on iTunes anytime. That's right. Dr. Linda, did you notice that in October of 2020, there are two full moons, including one on Halloween (laughs) night? I know I did not know that, but again, you know, we need to be careful (laughs) of allowing all that kind of thing to make us afraid. And there's all that scary stuff that people put out there. And really, I don't want to get caught up in all that, especially if it's anything associated with evil. I'm just not Mm. going there. Now, let me say, if you're someone who did delve into the occult. I I really do want to make this point, Chris. Mm -hmm. We are not minimizing that. And this night of Halloween could trigger memories and fear. And if that's you, I would not participate in anything related to this night. Again, because we're saying that evil and the power of evil is real. But again, as a Christian, you're covered by the blood of Christ, and you have the power and the authority to stand down evil. 
we looked a little more into the history and found on history.com that trick-or-treat became an American tradition in 1951. It's pretty, oh, wow. fairly recent. Yeah, that is pretty new. When it was depicted in uh, a Peanuts comic strip. Oh, the Peanuts? Yeah. That's where we first saw that? I didn't know that. Charlie Brown. Charlie Brown. I wasn't around in 1951. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> no, me, me neither. I can say I wasn't either. <laughs> That's right. Well, then in 1952, Disney produced a cartoon called Trick or Treat featuring Donald Duck and his nephews, of course, Huey, Dewey, and Louie. Are they still around? Do people still watch those cartoons? I thought you meant Huey, Dewey, and Louie. Yeah, are they? They're, they're getting up <laughs> they're there. They're a little old if they were 1952, <laughs> but they could still be alive. Well, we also learned through reading the history that many of the customs that are associated with Halloween come from the historical traditions that were passed down, including that custom of trick-or-treat that came from wassailing. Now, there's a word for you, mm, wassailing. Yeah. That's the word I think of. There's a song at Christmas, right? I guess they wassailed on Halloween. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> Here's where it came from. On All Saints Day, English beggars would walk the streets promising to pray for the dead and loved ones in exchange for a type of cake. So that's kind of where that came from. So not a bad deal, really, no. if you think about now, it. Now, we don't pray for the dead well, true. in our tradition. <laughs> I mean, we're in, in the evangelical world. That's mm -hmm. not something that we do, but that's where it came from. And we do know that Halloween costumes date back to the Middle Ages. They dressed like ghosts and demons and other malevolent creatures and performed antics for food and drink. This was called mumming. Some believe that this was the precursor to trick-or-treating. But that's really interesting because then you look and you see that in 1000 AD that Christianity spread into the Celtic lands, and that's when November 2nd was designated as All Souls Day, a day to honor the dead. And during that time, they often used bonfires and masquerades. So, you know, we're, what we're seeing here is just this weird blending of paganism and Christian practices that were all kind of weaved in. So I understand why people mm -hmm. have trouble with this day. That's right. And we see the same type of thing at Easter and Christmas right. as well. So what we believe, like in the case of Easter and Christmas, is that God has redeemed those days. Mm -hmm. And we get back to what we believe is the most important thing to celebrate those holidays. So with Christmas, it's Christ's birth. You know, it's not all the Santa and all mm -hmm. that. I mean, that's all part of the traditions, but the meaning of it. And the same with Easter, it's the the hope of the resurrection. That's why I feel, Chris, like we need to talk about these holidays with our children. And we really need to decide what we feel comfortable doing, but to really understand where they come from and maybe get our kids engaged in the history and looking up things. And then as a family, sit down. Despite what you see in the media, despite what you see in the stores, we have told our children we are not celebrating evil. We will never celebrate mm. evil. But rather, we're just going to get dressed up and we're going to have some fun. And like a lot of families are doing now, take your kids to the church when the church was open and you could do mm. these things. Yeah. Take them to the church and, you know, they would do hay rides and all those kind of things and celebrate the harvest. We're the same way. You know, get dressed up. Go collect lots of candy and then give it all to me. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And I always bought candy that I didn't like so that I wouldn't be eating a pound of it after Halloween was over. Well, let's, why don't we just get right into the CDC guidelines so that we make sure we go through this. So in terms of those guidelines, we have high risks, medium risks, and low risks in order to help us uh, think through what we may or may not want to do. So if you hand out candy, of course, you remember, you don't know how that candy's been handled. Hmm. You know what you did, but you don't know what other people are doing. So I think the smartest thing to do is we don't know who handled the candy. Tell your kids to hold off till they get home and encourage them to 
you know, wash their hands and then unwrap it or unwrap it and then wash their hands and eat it. Could you just stand on your porch and throw candy at kids? <laughs> You're still holding it. That's true. One but of the things you can do, though, is put a basket out and let them take it themselves. I think it'd be more fun to throw the candy at the, <laughs> at the kids. <laughs> now, what if you live in an area where COVID is more of a hot spot and it's still surging? So the recommendation from the CDC is to check with your health department and to see where the virus is surging. Enclosed spaces like apartment buildings should really be avoided. Um, you need to really, in those places, keep things outdoors. Well, let's talk about the high-risk activities that the CDC says avoiding these will help prevent the spread of the virus. So the one we just talked about was handing out the candy door-to-door, -door, you know, you without a mask, giving it to a child that is coming to the door. That's very high risk. And then this is one they don't like. They're saying do not have those trunk or treat parties where they're in a parking lot with a lot of people and they're just grabbing mm. candy out of the trunks. They're calling that high risk. Well, that's a crowd. It is. Yeah. Mm. And then you're all touching the same thing. Yeah. Attending a costume party uh, that's held indoors, that would be considered very high risk. Who's going to do that this year? Do you think people are going to get together and have costume parties? Probably not. I don't not know. I wonder if universities and colleges will still do that. Yeah, um, I don't. <laughs> and then here's another one, going to an indoor haunted house. I don't think those are going to happen no. this year, do you? Well, it's like we have in the notes here. People scream in those things. So I know. You're projecting your breath. Yeah, respiratory <laughs> yeah, spreading way. of the virus. <laughs> and then going on hay rides. This is kind of sad to me. Or tractor rides with people who are not in your household. Mm. So, again, it's the proximity, sitting, yeah. yelling, laughing. And then, of course, they're saying using alcohol or drugs, which really can, you know, make people do things that they normally don't do and would put you at more at risk. And then traveling to some kind of rural fall festival that's not in your community. Hmm. You don't know what's going on with the spread in that area, and you're exposing yourself to a lot more people. What is a moderate risk? Okay, so we went from high risk to moderate risk. One of them would be that if you're getting with people but you don't know where they've been, and they're not social distancing. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Right. So that's more moderate risk. So you want to make sure mask wearing, hand washing, the other things that we're supposed to do. If you're participating in one-way trick-or-treating, where individually wrapped goodie bags are sort of lined up for families to grab, that's better than throwing candy at them, I think, Chris. <laughs> Just have individually wrapped bags, put yes. them out. Maybe you can put them out in your curb or, you know, on your driveway or something. They're saying that would be moderate risk. But if you're the one preparing the bags, mm -hmm. you need to make sure you're washing your hands with soap and water for at least 20 seconds while you're doing that. And again, we don't know who's doing that or not doing that. True. Having a small group outside, is, so if you're in an area where you can be outside and you're, you're social distancing, that might be a little bit better. Maybe a costume party outside where masks are still being used and people can space. They're saying those would be moderate risk. You mentioned that a, a costume mask is not a substitution for a cloth mask right. that we're supposed to be wearing. And that's sort of been the joke about Halloween is, oh, you get to wear a mask, yeah. but it's not the same. I was reading more about this on the CDC guidelines. They're saying you should actually make the mask for the costume, but you should put another mask underneath it. Oh. It's going to be hard to breathe with all those masks on. But what they're saying, in effect, is the costume mask may not make the uh, right. grade in terms of being a good mask. Maybe if you dress up like Chewbacca from Star Wars, that's a big fuzzy cloth. Thing. Yeah, I suppose if you have your whole face covered, that would be a whole different thing. <laughs> well, it's too complicated, so just stay home. I tell you, I think a lot of people are just going to go, not this year. Right. We're just not going to do anything. We're going to stay in our house, try to do something fun with our kids. 
Well, we need to take a short break, but when we return, we will go over the CDC guidelines for low-risk Halloween activities. Stay with us. Dr. Linda, one of our listeners asked this question. Sometimes I'm so overcome with worry and anxiety that I, I think I'm losing my mind. Seems I've tried everything from drugs to meditation. Why doesn't anything work? Well, I'm so sorry that your life seems so unmanageable and overwhelming. Too often, though, it does seem nearly impossible to live in peace and contentment because of all the craziness in our world. Did you know that God's plan for handling worry is so simple and yet so perfect that you can begin using it today? Did you know that starting right now, you can begin to cultivate a worry-free life? These aren't pie-in-the-sky promises. They're God's prescription for you to thrive and to soar past your anxiety and worries. Try this. The next time you begin to feel overwhelmed by life's pressures and worry clouds your mind with negative thoughts and depression, say what King David prayed. The Lord is my strength and my shield. Remind yourself that my heart trusts in him and I am helped. I have so much more good news for you. I hope you'll find it in my book, Letting Go of Worry. Thanks, Dr. Linda. Now that's great advice. You can find God's plan for your peace and contentment in Dr. Linda's book, Letting Go of Worry. It's available wherever you buy your books online. You're listening to the Dr. Linda Mental Show, and Dr. Linda has written numerous books that you can find on her website or online. Her latest is Living Beyond Pain. It's a book to help anyone living with pain get their life back with practical tools that are not related to taking drugs. Check out her website, drlindamental.com. That's where you'll find the book, Living Beyond Pain, and you can connect on social media. And don't forget about the uh, podcast on iTunes. Well, Dr. Linda, back to our conversation about the CDC guidelines for risk activities on Halloween. What do they say is the low-risk stuff? You know, before I get to that, Chris, uh, we will go over low risk. But again, we're not endorsing Halloween. We're not saying that this is something you should celebrate. We're giving you the background. We're telling you. But those of you who may participate, we want to make sure that during this difficult time of COVID, that everybody understands what the risk factors are with the way people choose to celebrate that. So here's a couple of good ones, I think, from the CDC. So they're saying if you're walking around outside with children, then social distance and masks, again, make the mask part of the costume. But again, we have to make sure that the mask is sufficient. It's not some little paper thin thing that really won't cover like a, a typical mask would. And they're saying just make brief contact with other people and groups walking by each other, you know, with masks on. That's pretty low risk. It's kind of like what we're doing now. We're not stopping and talking for 20 minutes with somebody mm -hmm. standing close to each other. You can kind of walk through your neighborhood and, you know, have the masks on and be with your family and then not do too much. Although I'm really wondering how many people are going to have their lights on this year. Mm, that's true. Are you thinking about that? I wonder if the neighborhoods will be dark because people will be afraid to do this. Social distancing hasn't gone anywhere. Everyone is still pretty actively right. doing it. So hmm, that's it, a good point. There may be a lot of people who say not this year. So here's another one that they give us low risk, celebrating virtually. If your children uh, really want to do a costume, then they could dress up. You could have contests with people literally all over the country, right? You could have it with your relatives. If you have cousins in another state, you could do a virtual costume. And that is not going to spread the virus by doing it virtually, as we know. Do you like that idea? 
No, because <laughs> everything we do is is on a computer screen these days, Dr. Linda. Make it stop. But what if <laughs> I don't have that power? What if you really your child really wanted to just dress up in a costume and you were mm-hmm. not comfortable going out into the neighborhood? It could be a good way to say, let's dress up, let's get on Zoom with a couple of your friends from school, and let's see what each other's wearing. And to my point, we adults are, are tired of the Zoom thing, mm-hmm. but I've noticed the kids with school, they, they love it. It's fun. And if you really do want to give out candy, again, that idea of having a bowl outside, mm-hmm. or I like the little individual bags, Right. that would take a lot of preparation to do that. Do something fun like hang the candy in the tree. And let uh, them grab from the tree? Yeah, they can just pull it down out of the tree, you know. Well, you should be writing for the CDC. That's a great, that's a great. <laughs> I would probably get someone injured if, yeah. if we did that. <laughs> Falls on their head. Right. <laughs> Let's talk more about the candy. Okay, so here's the thinking of the experts. Getting a piece of candy from a house and bringing it home and then eating it isn't that problematic, right? But mm-hmm. it's the way the candy was distributed, just like we're talking about. Again, I don't think I would do any kind of candy that isn't individually wrapped either. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that sometimes people go into a bowl and they grab stuff that isn't so wrapped so well or they've been individually put in with a bag and they're not sealed? That always bothered me before COVID. That's been a problem for years. You don't know what's in there. Yeah, like loose candy corn. Mm, That's just kind of, I I wouldn't do that. Or or homemade popcorn balls. I don't know. But candy corn, who wants that anyway? I love candy corn. (laughs) Do you really? I do. Norm hates it. Yeah. But I can't have it on my desk because if I have it there, Mm -hmm. I am like eating all of it at once. It's like little pieces of wax. I think it's just, I think it's really good. (laughs) (laughs) We've already talked about masks, but there's one more thing you want to say about that. What the CDC is saying specifically is do not use a costume mask Hmm. as a substitute for the cloth mask unless it's made of two or more layers of breathable fabric that covers your mouth and nose and doesn't leave gaps around your face. So that's very specific. Do not wear a costume mask over a cloth mask because it can be dangerous If the costume mask makes it hard for the child to breathe, instead, they say, consider using a Halloween-themed cloth mask. Hmm. That just seems like too much work to me to figure out which kind of mask you have to do. But if you're going to do it, you need to really think through that. And we've read from physicians that limiting friends is a good idea as well. Not generally in life. But you mean for Halloween. Good point. (laughs) But for Halloween, right? So that recommendation has been there all summer, you know, Mm -hmm. to choose to do these activities with people that you know instead of getting a lot of people in new exposure. So that's just kind of common sense, I think. Well, Dr. Linda, as we uh, begin to wrap up today for the Halloween program, those are the recommendations for the high, moderate, and low risks from the CDC concerning trick-or-treating. I want to end with a little story, Chris, as people think through what they want to do. Uh, Several years ago when our son was probably about five years old, we were trick-or-treating in our neighborhood with our, in the neighbors. A lot of the neighbors did not know the Lord. And so we allowed our kids to participate in the costume part and go and walk around with their friends. And at the end of the night, the moms and dads were walking together with the kids. And Matt goes up to one of the moms and kind of tugs at her and says, everybody, everybody listen. Do you know why we're out here and what we're doing? The adults were kind of surprised and didn't really know. And he said, we're here because Jesus loves us and because Jesus is the reason that we celebrate anything. Oh, wow. And it was really (laughs) an evangelistic moment. They all kind of looked at him like, oh, 
yeah. and didn't really know what to say. Whose but kid I thought, is this? <laughs> yeah, but I thought, you know what? And we just let him go with it, and mm. we went on. So we realized that many of you don't want to celebrate Halloween, and that's fine. We do believe that you should steer away from anything associated with evil and actually reclaim this holiday if you choose to do something with your children. So hopefully the show will give you some information to consider, to pray about, and you choose ways to keep you and your family safe. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Many thanks to our producer, Norm Mintel, our engineer, and my co-host, Chris Weigel, who makes the show a conversation. From all of us here at Faith Radio, we'll talk to you next weekend. In the meantime, remember... We're here, we're doing life together, and it's better when you don't have to do it alone. Well, thanks for listening to this conversation from the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. These podcasts are available because of listener support. You can make a gift now at MyFaithRadio.com. And thanks for sharing this audio link with a friend and helping us grow the impact of the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. Also, take a moment to subscribe to the podcast today at iTunes or your podcast player, and you'll never miss a show.